I'd like to say good evening to all of you. Thankful God can still send the rain. We hear it raining outside. There's a lot of times that we have some gloomy days down here, and it seems to us a lot of times when it rains that it's loom and gloom, as we say. Nevertheless, we know that it's through and by the water, and but then He takes the nutrition from the soil and the water, and then in His time, He gives the increase and it brings forth growth. Sometimes we go through some battles. Sometimes we go through some struggles. But it's in those times whenever we lean on the Lord and in His time, He can give the growth. I'm thankful for that tonight. I certainly do covet your prayers. I have been very, very scattered in my thoughts. And I love it whenever the Lord just lays it out there for me. And I get to just sup on it and, and dwell in it. And uh, there's times that it hurts. But even whenever it hurts, it's still good because I'm able to study and try to learn more about Him and His ways and grow closer to Him. And then there's times where it's scattered and it's kind of all over the place. And it's in those times, a whole lot of times, we just have to just let go. Say, God, just have your way with us. And uh, truly, in all honesty, I found out a long time ago this is something I cannot do on my own anyway. I stand in need of help from the Lord. I know that this is... uh, this is something that I cannot do. But God could even use somebody like me if I'll allow Him to, to preach His Word. And I'm humbled by that. I promise you, God can use you in whatever He sees fit to do. I promise. Yeah. So please, just allow Him to have His way with you tonight. Will there be anything upon your hearts before we go any further into the service? I'd just like to thank the Lord for saving Amen. Amen. Certainly appreciate this. Certainly appreciate this. He's looking for a Thanksgiving heart. Anything else at all on your hearts? If not, like I said, my my thoughts have been kind of scattered. I've almost had two thoughts, and God just kind of brought them together for me, just somewhat. I just pray that God would just have His way with us and take whatever scattered mess I may throw out and just turn it into a message that could be a help to you. Uh, but my, my thought, I guess, that the Lord kind of impressed upon me was, are we ready to work? And I want you to imply this into a personal level, and you don't have to give me an answer, uh, but I want you to do a self-examination of, are you ready to work? And... Um, uh, this, this kind of hit me, like I said, a little bit different, and I guess I kind of want to look at some of the good news of this first before we dive into the other side of this. But if you got your Bibles and don't know how long we'll be, don't know how far we'll go with this, I wind up stopping before I even get to that point. Just want God to have His way with us. But if you got your Bibles, you want to follow along with us, uh, I'm going to give you some of the good news first, and we'll start in Genesis. And we'll start over here in chapter 8. We're going to talk about Noah and the ark, and we're going to talk about this a little bit. I preached on this just here a while back, uh, got the opportunity out there at Hilltop and, and, and preached on this uh, uh, somewhat out there, and uh, uh, this come to me, uh, I'm way over here that I needed to bring this into this, so please bear with me, but in 
Genesis chapter 8, we can find here where Noah had already entered into the ark and the floods had already came. God had already shut the doors. He had already brought the animals in. We, we all know the story of Noah and the ark. But what I want you to know and what I want you to realize is this is not just a false story like what you see on TV today. I think so many times Hollywood has corrupted the truth because they have tried to over-animate things and over-dramatize things and make it so big and explosive and to where it just jumps out just to grab your attention all because they want your attention. Do you know what Satan wants? Satan wants your attention. He uses Hollywood. He uses anything that he possibly can to grab hold of that. And I'm telling you, it's important that we fight against those things that we don't get so distracted by our own what we see and what we think that we lose sight of the truth of the matter of what is real and what is false. Noah, whenever those arts came and the floods came for 40 days and 40 nights, that was a rain that happened and when it happened, it filled the world. Filled it. It wasn't the gully washers we have here that rains for just a little while and then it quits. Those rains, they come hard. And in 40 days and 40 nights, there was so much water that come down. It floated an ark that was the sizes and dimensions that we can read about. Full of eight, eight people. It floated animals. By two, male and female, and there was a reason why it was male and female. No matter what the world may tell you, there's a reason for that. And I'm telling you, it's nothing but a shame that those things are being forgotten and neglected. I'm telling you that God even took after this and He gave Moses, I'm sorry, He gave Noah here a promise, and when He did, He gave Noah a promise by a rainbow. And I'm telling you, that's God's promise. I'm telling you, it's nothing but an abomination and it's a way for Satan to be able to take something that God gave to His people and to be able to take that and to try to twist that and make a rainbow out to be something that it's not meant to be. It's nothing but a laughing stock for Satan. He's able to try to rub that in God's face. I'm telling you, that's displeasing unto God. It's important that we teach our children. It's important that we don't allow the world to teach our children the truth truth about the matter from the rainbow all the way through but if you got your bibles and you want to follow along we can find here in genesis chapter 8 verse 1 it says and god remembered noah and every little and every living thing all the cattle that was with him and the ark and god made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assaged the fountains also of the deep and of the windows of heaven were stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters returned from off the earth continually after the end of the hundred and fifty days and the waters were abated. The ark rested in the seventh month on the seventeenth day of the month upon the mountains of Arath. And the waters decreased continually until the tenth month. And on the tenth month, the first day of the month, were the tops of the mountains seen. So I want you to understand here, and, and we, like I said, we've all heard the story, but I want you to grasp the concept here of what was going on. And we see where the waters uh, 
Listen, God opened up the, the uh, He opened up the rain, and whenever He did, they come in and they flooded. And I'm telling you, just as we can see everything going on out here right now, we can see and we can touch every bit of it. I want you to picture whenever God opened that window and He began to pour out the rain, honey, it covered every bit of it. We see the creeks rise from time to time, and we see some water get above some roads from time to time. And listen, if you hit them fast enough, maybe you float just a little bit in your hydroplane. But listen, I'm telling you. Uh, listen, that everything that could be seen uh, was underwater. Uh, I want you to know uh, there was no land to rest on. You see, uh, they was floating on this water. Uh, I'm telling you everything about, about this earth uh, was consumed and was killed uh, except for what he set aside to be saved to preserve life. I want you to know that. Uh, it was all dead. We find where he's coming back. One of these days after a while, when He comes back this time, He's going to take those with Him that are saved. Those that are going to be left behind, we can find over in the book of Zephaniah, it said He's going to take the wrath of His jealousy. And He's going to gather all nations that He's going to pour it out upon them. And we know that the destruction of this world's coming. But listen, the good news that I want to tell you about today, I want to talk to you a little bit about the waters. You see that they were selling on here. Oh no, and His family, I want to... Flip over here uh, and do just a little bit of reading. We can read uh, over here. We can read about where Jesus... Uh, listen, He got on the ship with His disciples, didn't He? He got on the ship over here in Matthew. You can read it. And they've got it in different uh, places here where you can read. You can read in Luke 8. You can read about it. You can read about it in Mark. Three different Gospels give an account of this. But it says over here in Matthew chapter 3, When He was entered into the ship, His disciples followed Him. And I wanted to read that verse out of this one because that meant so much to me. You see, uh, first, uh, Jesus led the way. And I want you to know that. Uh, first, Jesus led and made the way. Uh, and He said, you come on and enter in onto the ship with me. You see, uh, and then we can find where all the disciples then, listen, then the twelve disciples, then they begin uh, boarding the ship too. You see, but it's important that we always in our lives allow Jesus to lead the way. And then we merely follow. As his disciples entered the ship, and behold, there arose a great tempest of the sea, and so much that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Were are ye fearful? O ye of little faith, then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. I want you to know they entered in on the sea there, they entered in on the boat, and as they began selling, the sea of life began tossing them to and fro. We've heard that preached about, and we've heard that talked about many times, and I believe that this is a great example of how the sea of life can toss you around. I'm telling you, it can throw you and you may think that you've got no hope left and you may think you've got nowhere else to go. I'm telling you this life, it's hard sometimes. I'm telling you it can be hard on the flesh to be able to persevere and hang on. I'm telling you our faith does get weak. I'm telling you there's times when you just think you're going to sink and you got nowhere else to go and finally you just give in. God, I can't do this. God, I can't handle it. God, I can't take care of and he's standing there saying, Good, you've got to trust in me. I'll take care of it. I'll calm your seeds. I'll give you peace in the middle of your storm. 
the sea of this life. I want you to know that. Uh, we find here where Noah was out there with his family and these animals and he was out there and he's floating on the sea. I'm telling you, he was out there, if I'm not mistaken, and I've got that figured right, it was about one year that he was floating before he finally got to get off. I'm telling you that as he was floating out there, I'm going to give you an example. I was uh, I went deep sea fishing with my my dad one time, and we got out there, and I swear deep sea fishing. Uh, my dad got started started getting sick on the boat. It wasn't five or ten minutes later. I started getting sick on the boat. I sat out there and these old waves was tossing the sailboat up and down, up and down. I was sicker than a dog on that boat. I didn't care at that point in my life. I didn't care if I just fell overboard. It didn't matter to me, you see. I just wanted off the boat. I'm telling you, I laid there sicker than a dog flopping around like an old fish out there on the hole of that deck. But I'm telling you what I ended up doing. I raised up when I was sick and I looked out ahead and you know what I seen? I seen out about two miles ahead. I seen some lights. I seen lights to a city. And what I knew is one of the these days, guess what? I'm finally gonna reach solid ground. The sea of this life, it ain't gonna be able to rock me no more. I got something better to look forward to. He may be rough now, but I got a old place waiting for me where it's all good, you see. That's what I've seen. Sicker than I know, but I knew it wasn't gonna last long. You know what happens to us sometimes in life? You may be going through something. You may be having some trouble. You may be facing something in your life right now that you just don't think you can overcome. Honey, what I hope happens to you, I hope you realize you can't. But honey, if you look to Him, allow Him to give you peace, you know what He'll do? He'll say, I've got you every time. We'll flip back over here to Genesis in chapter 8. Verse 6 here it says that it came to pass at the end of 40 days. That Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made, and he sent forth a raven, which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth. You know what happened? That old raven, it liked to eat dead animals, it liked the filth and the decay of this world. It did. When he got set free, he went looking all over the place. He never returned to safety. I believe that this gives a great representation 
And what happens when you're born into this life? You're born in, and I believe wholeheartedly you are protected by the hand of God until the time where you become separated from God and you are then held accountable for your sins. You see, that ark was the only safety that anybody had. Whenever that window was open and that raven was set free, it was his responsibility to go out and try to find land and then realize that he couldn't find what he wanted and come back to God. You see, whenever you're born into this world as just a child, everything seems big and everything seems cumbersome, I guess if you would. It seems like there's a whole bunch going on all at once. It seems like that things are just not going to get here fast enough for you. You you start wanting for time to pass sooner. You start wanting from the time you're little to be a teenager. You start wanting for things to come your way. You start wanting to be uh, finally get to the age to where you can get your learner's permit and your driver's license so you can take off and start driving. And next thing you know, you start wanting uh, uh, that age to come by where you can get out from underneath mom and daddy's wing and go out and you can fly on your own and do your own thing and make your own rules. Uh, but I'm telling you that, listen, there is consequences for all of your actions. There is... And I'm not talking about the consequences that the judge up the road here may say. I'm talking about we've got a supreme judge that we serve. That's the one we need to be concerned with when it comes to our actions. This judge up the road may not know everything you do, but the supreme judge knows everything you do. I'm telling you, whenever you reach that age to where you, be, you become separated from God and you feel that there is something missing, you can do one of two things. You can run out there in the world and try to fill that void with everything out there. You can try that. But you won't find contentment in that, I promise. You're going to chase an empty feeling is what you're going to chase. That's what the world is chasing today. They think they want something, but really and truly, all they know is that there's something missing on the inside and they go out everywhere trying to find and feel that empty feeling. You know what they're doing? They're still fussing about it today. They're still trying to pass laws to make their self feel happy. And you know what they're going to do? Once those laws get passed, they're still going to find an empty void. You won't find happiness that you're looking for in the world, you won't. God's the only one who can fill that void. You can go out here and you can go search the decay of the, the remains of this world all you want to. But at the end of the day, it is your responsibility to come back to the ark of safety. God will deal with you and He will draw you. But it's your responsibility to come back to Him. That goes for saved and lost alike. I want you to know that. He also sent forth a dove from him to see that the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot. And she returned unto him into the ark, and the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then put forth his hand and took her and pulled her in unto him into the ark. This dove didn't like what she found out there. 
You see the dove come back. We all have a choice in the matter. When you're lost and separated from God and you start feeling that conviction, you can choose to come to God. You can. And it does start with a choice. When you do that, it's going to be more than just a, well, I think I want it. Or I, I, I mentally believe in God. You're going to have to come to Him with your whole heart. He give you the very best and He give you everything He had to give. He's give you life. And he provided His Son the very best there was to offer. He provided it for you. What do you really have to offer God anyway? You know what He wants? He wants to take a bowl right up in here. He wants fellowship with you. He wants to love you. And what He wants from you is total submission. Come to Him having a desire to be saved more than anything else in this world and just be submissive to His will. If you don't know how to pray, i got good news. I don't either. But God does. And He will teach you how to pray by having you to search your heart. As He starts dealing and drawing and pulling, you follow that and you go after that. And it doesn't matter if you're in school. It doesn't matter if you're in a ball game. It doesn't matter what's going on. When God starts dealing and He starts drawing and you feel like you need to do something unto God, if you feel like you need to make a move unto God, you make that move unto God. You take that step of faith and you walk out into Him and don't you look back. You start searching your heart and you pour your heart out to God and you start telling Him everything that comes on and goes on in here. You tell Him about it. You talk to Him. He won't to hear from you. That's why he begins dealing with you, drawing with you. Don't resist what he's trying to do on the inside. Don't run from him, run to him. Be like the old dove was and come back to the boat. It goes on and it says, and he stayed yet other seven days. And again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came unto him in the evening and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off so Noah knew the waters were abated from off the face of the earth. Over there in Matthew in chapter 3, we can find where Jesus, whenever He was baptized, we can find over here. Matthew chapter 3, Verse 16, it says, And Jesus, when He was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto Him, and He saw a dove, and He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, lighting upon Him. The Spirit of God come down in the form of a dove. We see here where Noah released this dove, and this dove goes out, and it starts looking, and after they've been on the boat for quite some time now, I believe it was about 11 months here at this point, goes down and he finds an olive leaf. He plucks off an olive leaf and brings it back to him and we can find where the olive tree had a lot of different meanings in the Old Testament. We can find where it was something that that the the Jewish culture, that was a heavy fruit that they cultivated and they really worked with a lot of. If I've done my studies right, I believe there's about 500 different blends of olive oil, uh, different types of things that they do with olives. So there's a bunch of variances out there of it. But this is something that they heavily regarded was the olive tree. And we can find where the olive tree represented spirit and truth over in the book of Zechariah. We can find where it represented so many different things. We can find where it was even a, a representation of the tree of life. We can find where the olive tree had so many symbolic meanings of what all that it could do and what all that it was. But nevertheless, here 
I believe what this was. Could you imagine Noah? He's been floating on the sea for a long time. I was out there one night and I was sicker than a dog and ready to get off the boat. He was out there at this point for about 11 months. And you know what he's seen? That old dove which represented the Spirit of God, it come down and brought him a little peace. It brought him a little strength. It brought him a little encouragement to let him know it ain't much longer. Hey, guess what? You get to get off this old boat. You get to step off. Listen to this old sin-filled world. You get to step off on the solid dry ground that's been cleaned and cured by God Almighty, you see. Jesus said, I go away to prepare you a place. Brothers and sisters, this is not our home, you see. We're just pilgrims passing through for a little while. So when you start getting down, when work starts bogging you down, whenever it starts getting hard for you to move forward, honey, don't you focus on your problems. You focus on God. You humble yourself before Him. Say, God, give me some peace. God, give me some strength. God, I can't, but I'm thankful to know I serve you, the one who can do all things. We still serve the same God who took a little boy and killed a giant. We still serve the same God who shut the mouths of lions, of hungry lions, when they was in there amongst Daniel. I'm telling you, we still serve the same God that done all of that then. Honey, we still serve the same God who parted the Red Sea. I'm telling you, don't you lose faith. Don't you lose hope. You put your faith and your hope in God. And I'm telling you, you lead lost people by example, you see. It is our job. And it is our responsibility to show them the way of God. I'm telling you, how can we do that if we doubt ourselves? I'm telling you, we're to show our faith by our words. I find in the Bible where it says over the book of James, he tells us over there, he said, you show me your faith without your words. He said, I'll show you my faith by my words. I'm telling you, you want people to see your faith? you got to show them, you see. It takes action. I'm telling you, good intentions are great. And I'm guilty as charged. Let me put myself up top. I'm guilty as charged. So many times I think, boy, it would be so good to do this. And then I start saying, when can I find time? Honey, stop and make time. It's important what we do with our time. God's given us this time anyway. If something really needs to be done, don't you think He'll preserve it long enough for you to be able to do it? I'm guilty. I put so much of me in my own way so many times. Uh, I go over here to the book of Nehemiah and I read over here. Uh, listen, this is shortly after, it's a little bit of time after the book of Ezra there. Uh, y'all pray for me, this flesh is weak. But uh, we find over here in the book of Nehemiah, we can find over here. We can find where the temple had already been. This is after Babylon already captured. This is after Media Persia had already conquered Babylon. This is after that they had already rebuilt the second temple. This is after all this had already taken place. But listen, we find over here in the book of Nehemiah, in chapter 1, we see the words of Nehemiah, the son of, uh, of Hakali, and, and it came to pass in the months of Chisalu in the 20th year. And I was Shushan, the place that Hannah, one of my brethren, came and he 
<clears throat> came he and a certain man of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. So he's asking about all of those that was left back there in Jerusalem. How are they now? The temple's done been re-erected. How are they doing over there right now? And you know what he got told? He says, and they said unto me, the remnant which are left, the captivity there are in province, are in a great affliction and reproach, and the wall of Jerusalem are also broken down, and the gates thereof burned with fire. I want you to know, listen that old city, listen to the gates all around that protected it. Honey, they done been broken and torn back down, you see, and the gates burned with fire. They was in great affliction and great reproach. I want you to know, I hope wholeheartedly believe that God established this nation. I wholeheartedly believe He give us the freedoms that we have today. I wholeheartedly believe that He has set us up and allowed us to sell as eagles and to soar as eagles as it refers to over the book of Revelations. I wholeheartedly believe that God has taken and blessed us above beyond measures. And I'm telling you, we see where right now, honey, it's being attacked left and right. I'm telling you, they're after, oh, they're after trying to Anybody that is good enough, God, honey, they want to destroy you, see. And you say, why would anybody want to do that? Because that's what Satan does. That's what he's after. I want you to know our adversary. It is not the homosexuals out there. I want you to know our adversary. It's not the people running around and don't know if they're boys or girls. I want you to know the adversary is the one listening, controlling and changing and driving these concepts into their minds. It is our job not to fight against them, but to fight against those ways and those concepts. It is our job to stand against those things. And I'm telling you, it's just as important how we stand against it as it is of the fact that we do stand against it. Uh, it says over 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14, it says, uh, Stand you strong in the faith. Uh, it says, Quit you like me. And in other words, uh, don't back down. You see, you stand strong in the faith. And then it goes on and says, But let all your actions be done with love. Let all your actions be done with love. You know how easy it is to get frustrated and out of frustration and out of anger we'll try to correct somebody. I'm telling you, that's following after the wrong spirit, you see. Our actions need to be done out of love. And I'm telling you, yes, there is tough love at times. And yes, there is kind love at times. There's different types of love out there. And that's why in everything we do, we need to refer to what he talked about over in the book of James. He says, all you that stand in need of wisdom... He says, ask and I'll freely give it. Brothers and sisters, we need to search for God's wisdom every day of our lives. We need to take Him into our workplace. God, how can I lift you up today? God, take me and just give me a little more strength to make it through one more day to get closer to home, closer to me with you. I know I've got something better to look forward to. And God, I'll suffer through another day here if you'll just allow me to be able to lift you up and to help bring somebody else home with us. That's what it's all about. I'm telling you, if I died today, if I died right now, I'm telling you, I would close my eyes in death and I would stand in the presence of God. Why would anybody want to stay here? But if we 
can serve it through another day. If we can give Him praise and honor and glory for the things He's done for us. If we can raise our children in the ways and evidence of the Lord. If we can plug somebody to Christ. Honey, it's worth all the sufferings we ever go through. It's worth every bit of it. They were suffering afflictions over here in the book of Nehemiah. You know what it done to Nehemiah when he heard his brothers and sisters were suffering? He tore him up. He went on and said, It came to pass, and I heard these words, and I sat down and I wept and mourned concern of uh, certain days and fasted and prayed before God, uh, the God of heaven. And I said before thee, O Lord of heaven, great. Uh, the great and terrible God that keepeth the covenant and mercy for them that love Him and observe His commandments. Uh, it goes on. Listen, I want you to know here. It says here. Uh, uh, it says that keepeth the commandment and mercy for them that love Him and observe His commandments. If you think following God and listen, keeping and living your life in a godly fashion is not important, brothers and sisters, we've missed the mark. You say we've got to keep ourselves clean clean before God. If we care more as saved individuals about satisfying the flesh than we care about following God, honey, there's going to be a lack of power of God in our church. There is. There's going to be a lack of power of God about us too. There's going to be a lack of power. I'm telling you, this vessel, it can only hold so much. Me and you, each one, have our own vessel. And I'm telling you, we can only hold so much in it. I had a lady come one time we went to go eat. My wife and I we we went out and this this waitress she brought out a cup of ice. She brought out a different cup of sweet tea. When she first brought it out that way I looked at it and I thought, why why didn't you put my ice in the tea? That was my first thought. I I fell under the kind of the the fleshly part of it, right? I, I looked at it and thought, it's not exactly what I wanted, right? I started looking at my own wants. And, well, she didn't do exactly what I thought she ought to do. You know, that's how the world looks at everything today. The world out there today, if you go out there, what you're going to find and what I see every day is everybody believes my truth is the only truth. And if it's not my way, it ain't good. That's what we see. Left and right. You want to know why there's so much chaos? Because if I'm not mistaken, there's 357 million people lives in America by the last census form that I've seen. If there's 357 different views and different truths out there, is there anything left to stand on? That's the concept that the devil is trying to bring in amongst God's people. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ is the only truth. The only truth. And everything else is nothing more than our opinions. Jesus is the way. He's what we're to stand on. And everything else, let her go. We don't need it. Well, that woman, she she brought me a cup of ice and she brought me a cup of tea and I looked at it and, and the tea was hot. So she wanted to make sure that she could give me a cold cold glass of tea so she filled one full of ice and one full of tea so I got the best of both worlds you see if she'd have brought me a glass of 
uh, a sweet tea and had just a little bit of ice in there, I'd have wound up having kind of lukewarm tea by the time it was over with. But you see, what I realized was is she was trying to give me the very best she had to give. What I also realized was is I also realized in that that if I would have poured all that ice in that tea and I got as much tea as what I wanted and I poured all that ice in it, it was going to overflow. There wasn't enough room in the cup. I say all that to say this. If my wants is cold, my wants is that ice, and I fill myself up with so much ice, I fill myself up with so much of my own wants. Brothers and sisters, there just ain't much room in there for the oil or the Spirit of God left in my vessel, you see. I'm telling you what God wants. He wants us to take our lives and live as old Paul said. He said to die. You see, that's my game, you see. I'm telling you, he said to live us for Christ and to die is gain. And we'll take our own vessels that he's given to us. And we'll take our wants and our wishes and all of those things. And say, God, you have it all. Here's my empty vessel. Fill us up with your moments let's follow after him let's clean out our old closet I got good news if you failed yesterday if you failed today guess what if you're still breathing he still wants to use you you still have a purpose and he's still hiring I want you to know that too brother Jeff preached a message here a while back and when he did he preached on God still hiring Listen, he talked about those that labored out in the field. And he talked about how that there was one, to listen, who didn't work but one hour, but he got the exact same pay as everybody else did. And all the others were jealous of that, you see. But listen, isn't that what I want you to know? Maybe if you do get a late start, maybe if you feel like you're just now going to get started, or maybe if you feel like you've been in it a long time, honey, either way, don't you quit. You get closer to God tomorrow than you want today. You allow God to shine His light through you even better tomorrow than what you did today. You take God out into your workplace. You take Him out into the streets. And listen, if God knocks on your heart, if He leads you inside of Walmart and tells you to tell somebody about Jesus, honey, tell them all about Him. If they think we're crazy, tell them we got something to be crazy about. He's worth it. It's okay. What would it hurt if somebody thought we was a little crazy? You know what God can do? God can take the simple to confine the mighty. He says it's not about you and me. It's about showing Him. In Nehemiah's prayer, he went on and he said, Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel thy servant and confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against thee both I and my father's house have sinned 
We have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments which thou commandest thy servant Moses. I'm telling you, whenever we come into battle for God, whenever we come into service for God, whenever we go out into the workplace and we go out into the world, I'm telling you, listen, our service for God is not just uh, on Sundays. I want you to know that. Uh, our service to God should be every minute of our life. I want you to know that. And every minute of our life, honey, we should be all about trying to keep the commandment of Jesus. We should be all about trying to promote Him. We should be all about trying to tell people about Him. And yes, I do understand. No, you can't always walk around with the Bible under your belt. But I got good news. You don't have to. They don't have to ever see you pick up a Bible to know that you've been saved by God's grace and there's something real inside of you that is different than anything they've seen from somebody who's not. I'm telling you, yes, we have to live our lives. You know, we can't always talk about Jesus 24-7. I do understand that. There's time business needs to be handled. There's all these things that we have to deal with, but you know what we can do? We can always stay in prayer. Asking for God to open those doors and those opportunities where we can't talk about Him. When God permits those, when He leads and when He opens those doors, let's not be afraid to step off into that battle. He goes on, and I try to skip some. He goes on and he, he goes on in uh, to Jerusalem there and he goes in and he he starts trying to ease around. He's already got uh, uh, listen uh, access from Xerxes, which is the king there at this point. And he comes on in, uh, or Ar- architects is there, I believe it is. But he comes on in and, and, and finally he comes out and he tells the people. He says, Then I said unto them, it's Nehemiah 2 and 17, Then I said unto them, You see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem that we be no more a reproach. Then he told them of the hand of my God which was good upon me as also the king's words has spoken unto me. And they said unto him, Let us rise up and build so they strengthen their hands for this good work. Lord, he said, let's, let's look around at where we're at. Now let's rise up and let's build. Let's get to work. The fields are white and ready for harvest. Let's rise and let's start working. He comes in and tells them this and then you see what they ended up doing with it. They didn't just hear the message. They didn't just take it and say, okay, that was... That was that was good stuff, and 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 then go on about our business. I'm guilty of doing that. I'm guilty of hearing a message sent directly from God that I know it was directed for me. By the time I've walked out the door, I've done left it out. They took it and they applied it. They put their faith, which was strengthened by God, they put it into action. It goes on. It says, "So they strengthened their hands. They got ready. They strengthened themselves for this good work." You know how we strengthen ourselves for these spiritual battles? We spend time with God in our prayer closet, don't we? You want to strengthen yourself, there's power in prayer. There is power there. 
goes on talks about the building of the wall we'll try not to get too awful much into this but i did want to cover just a couple more points and i'll try to wrap up uh, with some of the some of this but we can find where nehemiah goes and he gets some of them there from jerusalem and they start trying to lay the foundation there and they start building the walls around the different corners of different people and and they start trying to build this wall up and as they do guess what happens anytime you start working for god adversary is going to come on the scene i want you to know that goes on and um nehemiah here in chapter four it says but it came to pass in verse one it says but it came to pass and when sanballat heard that we builded the wall he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the jews and he spake before his brethren and the army of samaria and said what do these feeble jews Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive stones out of the heaps of rubbish which are burned? Now Tabitha and, and Ammonite uh, was by him and said, Even which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break it down with their stone wall. So here they go, and as they started trying to build up, and as they finally got geared up for battle, they finally strengthened their hands. They finally spent time with God and they go out to start building this wall that was commanded from God. Very first thing they done is started getting ridiculed. Even a fox could tear down your wall. When you go out here into the world and you start trying to tell people about God, be ready, there's going to be some ridicule. Don't let a little ridicule stop you from what we know has eternal consequences. You could be the one that helps them see Jesus. You could be the one that if you will stand and stand strong and stand with love, don't act out of anger, but stand with love, you could point them to Jesus and they could get things fixed. And I'm telling you, they could have a home with us one day after a while. So as they go out, they didn't let that hinder them. It says, Oh, uh, hero our God, for we uh, despise and turn to reproach upon their hand and give them uh, for a prey in the land of captivity and cover not their iniquity and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So build we the wall and the wall was joined together and the half thereof and the people had a mind to work. Are we ready to work? Do we have a mind ready to work? When we go about our daily business, do our feet hit the floor? Or do we stop before our feet even hits the floor and say, God, help me work for you today just a little bit better. Help me show you just a little bit more. I'm guilty. Forget all the time. Forget constantly. And I'm telling you, I need reminders from time to time. I do. And so if you see me struggling, don't forget to encourage me to to do better. And listen, I want to encourage you to do better. I'm telling you, just as the apostles got on the ship, I'm telling you, each one of you and me, we're all in the sea of life together. And I'm thankful to know i got brothers and sisters that I can go through the sea of this life with. We're all on a ship. Honey, we're headed for Zion. I'm thankful to know that. We've got something to be thankful for. honey if you see me starting to quit if you see me starting to give up I hope you nudge me a little bit and say hey don't be be asleep listen keep casting out the old net I hope you give me a little encouragement and I want to encourage you too to do the same thing continue looking under Jesus and saying God how can I cast the net for you today what would you have from me 
Do we have a mind to where that's what he's looking for? I want you to know that. He goes on, we'll skip around just a little bit. Uh, in verse 9 it says, Nevertheless, we may pray unto our God and set a watch against them day and night. Listen, they began coming up and, and uh, they began trying to breach the wall. They began trying to conspire and, and causing anything they could do, any kind of chaos they could do to try to hinder that build. You know what? They said, let's start watching out for the adversary trying to come in amongst us. You know what we're to do every day in our lives? Continue being watchful for the adversary trying to come in amongst us. We need to do that not just for ourselves, but I want you to know they've done that for each other. And I hope that we can get to that really, really quickly. Uh, it goes on, it says in verse 13, uh, uh, let, me, let me read on, I don't want to skip this. In verse 11 it says, And our adversaries said, They shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst amongst them, and slay them, and cause the work to cease. You know the devil, that's exactly what he does, don't he? He says, uh, he seeketh uh, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That's what he's after. And it's our job not only to look out for ourselves. Uh, I'm telling you, that's what the world wants to teach today, uh, is you look out for yourselves. Uh, it is our job and our responsibility, you see. Uh, as Christians, listen, to look out for one another, to look out for God's creation. Uh, I want you to know God created everything and everybody. And listen, He loves everybody. It is our job to be peacemakers. Uh, and peacemakers what they do they go out always being watchful for where they can help restore and bring back unity I'm telling you God wants the old raven back in the boat I'm telling you God wants those people that have been turned over to a reprobate state of mind listen he wants them to surrender themselves unto God and I'm telling you it's our job to be busy about being a peacemaker trying to get them to see the difference and the route they're headed and what God can offer that's our job. It goes on and says, And I looked, in verse 14, And I looked and rose up, and the nobles of the rulers and the rest of the people, be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters, for your wives, and for your houses. Brothers and sisters, when you get to the point uh, where you're just struggling to make it through, uh, and I'm telling you, if you're not facing it now, uh, you wait and see if it don't come. Uh, I'm telling you, life gets hard. Uh, and if you see somebody else struggling, fight for your brothers. Uh, fight for your sisters. Uh, remember, we need the power of God about us in order to be able to help our sons and daughters, in order to be able to help our families, to be able to help our brothers, uh, to be able to help our neighbors. Honey, there won't be any increase if it's not sent from God. We've got to stay right with Him. We've got to stay ready and willing to work. The good news is, with everything that they faced, I think I'm about to go ahead and wrap up. The good news is, with everything that they faced, here's how they was able to come out. I don't want to tell you about all the trials that they faced and not give you the end result. They faced all these troubles. He even went and he put all the workers, it says that he put a sword, a sidearm on them. So they all had a sword in one hand and they was working with the other. He said that they would take turns about. Half the time they would have half the men while it was daytime to come out and work the day shift if you would. Listen, uh, to watch and be watchmen. Certain ones would set in towers to watch out 
for the adversary coming up. Uh, others were set, uh, uh, listen, to be down there with their armor on and ready for battle and ready to fight while others was doing the work. Uh, you see, each one had different jobs. Uh, there was three different jobs there going on and each one had different ones. Uh, but I'm telling you in that, each job was just as important as the other. I'm telling you in God's church, uh, it doesn't matter what your job is. What matters is that you're there for God, for your brother, for your sister. It matters that you're there and you're ready to work and you're ready to labor. It matters that you don't forget to assemble yourself together. Listen, I'm telling you, for your own spiritual rejuvenation as well as being there for your brother. It's important. It's crucial. Listen, he needed every one of them. If there wouldn't have been watchmen, those soldiers couldn't have seen from afar off. If there wouldn't have been soldiers, a front line there, the adversaries could have got into the workers, couldn't they? I'm telling you, listen, we all have a job to do. And it's important that we find that job. And yes, our job is subject to change at any minute. I want you to know that too. Your job tonight so far could have been to come here and to sit there. But at any point in time, God's subject to come down and give you something today. When He gives that to you, let's stand up and let's stand for God. Let's be willing to work for Him. Let's have a mind to work for Him. He goes on. They was even willing to fight with one hand while building with the other. They weren't going to quit. They weren't going to stop. And here's what happened because of that. Chapter 6, verse 15. So the wall was finished. In twenty and fifth day of the month of Elo of Elo in fifty and two days. That wall got completed. While fighting and battling the adversary, they built that wall in fifty two days. That is the strength of God. I'm telling you, we still serve the same one. He's still this he's still got the same strength and the same power. Question is, do we have a mind and are we willing to work? I hope and pray that this will be a help to you. I love you. I appreciate you. Appreciate y'all giving me this opportunity. I hope and pray that this can be an encouragement to you because I know what God wants to do with you. I've had so many precious memories in this church. Most of them was over in the other building. Uh, before this got built on, I can remember coming to vacation Bible school. I remember seeing people get saved left and right. I I remember those times and. And, and brothers and sisters, I've heard a good report. I heard about the revival y'all just come out of and so thankful to hear of the good report there that, that God was with you and that God met with you and y'all felt the Spirit of God. And I'm telling you, that's what it takes is the power of God. And I'm thankful to know He's still meeting with you and He's still using you today. I look forward to what He's going to do with you. I hope and pray we've all got a mind ready and willing to work. Brother, if you've got a song, turn the message or we'll turn the service back over to Brother Benjamin.